Okay. Um, I think we can start now. So, okay. Uh, okay. So here today we're here with Dr. John Elke, mm-hmm. and uh, he's um, we're here in Chicago. So he's a professor and a consultant in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago land area, right? Right. Can you work? based here but then you're in other areas as well so thank you for being here i know you're like mm-hmm. so busy also too so. <laughs> never too busy never too okay busy. for a conversation yeah here. so cool <laughs> and um also i should want to mention that we both also did our doctorate together mm-hmm. at the chicago school of psychology mm-hmm. too so i'm really excited to have a conversation with you here today yeah thanks for having me Thank you. So, John, uh, can I? Is it okay if I call you John? Here? Please do. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to that. So, uh, John. Um, so right now you're right. Um, you're a professor. You're balancing both that mm-hmm. and also you're consulting. Which, mm-hmm. you know, you want. Do you want to tell a little bit about? Like, are you from this area? You are. From sure. This area, right? Yeah, I'm from. Yeah. I'm from just over the border in Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, I went to school at Madison and Milwaukee. Not at University of Milwaukee, but a uh, small school there, and then. Chicago school, like you said, to get mm-hmm. my doctorate, and then uh, started teaching. I worked in an addiction treatment center for a while, uh, and that's where I kind of started bringing all of um, kind of everything that I had done in my life kind of came together into one practice, and that's what my consulting is. So okay. I did improvisation for 13 years, both performing and coaching. Yeah. And then um, was able to kind of work in leadership development uh, into that. So I found that, you know, a lot of times you go to trainings and they're kind of boring. You sit there and you listen to someone lecture at you yeah. for 20, 30 minutes and, yeah. then, uh, and then they ask you some questions and that just wasn't, that didn't seem very fun. So I started, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, started doing improv uh, with, with leaders to kind of teach them some of the skills and actually have them practice them in the moment, uh, which really I think helps it stick a little bit. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then I decided to stay in the area. I, lo- I love the Chicago area. Uh, I currently, uh, I just moved back to Kenosha, Wisconsin, where I'm from. So I'm pretty happy to be back there with family, but still working in the city and mm-hmm. around the city. I work out in uh, the suburbs as well. So Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of people commute from there every day anyway, mm-hmm. from Kenosha and from Indiana and mm-hmm. Michigan to Chicago. Oh, yeah. So it's like still, in, it's like almost like a suburb. Of the mm-hmm. Chicago land area. Right. right? It's yeah. kind of directly between Chicago and Milwaukee, so it's okay. a pretty fantastic location. The best of both worlds? You're Absolutely. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so your, your focus, I remember you did your dissertation, your study on um, leadership development and Im- improv. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, right, and when you do your um, coaching and your consulting, are you working with people who are already in leadership roles or Typically. are developing into that, you know? Or? I think that part of part of it, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. We are, look, we're, we're helping leaders be better leaders. We're also mm-hmm. helping um, employees be leaders yes. or develop into leaders, yeah. right? So a big part of that is uh, my view of leadership is that it's not just for certain people, it's for everybody. Yes. Uh, you know, Leadership should be based on who has the expertise in mm-hmm. the topic at hand. So in work teams, uh, Jerry, whoever Jerry is, might mm-hmm. have uh, a really a lot of experience um, working, you know, maybe managing projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jackson has a lot of experience working with people. And yes. so to put to say that one of those people should be a leader and the yes. other shouldn't yeah. doesn't quite make sense. It's yeah. what what task is required right now? Who's most qualified to to yes. complete that task? Let let them go ahead and and lead that particular initiative. So that's kind of how I try to try to, you know, teach people to work in teams is be able to 
take the leadership role mm-hmm. when when it when it fits your your skill set and then mm-hmm. relinquish that role to the next person when the next task fits theirs it's yes. a very uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Caesar, Caesarian? That's not a word. Uh, It was the idea. Yeah. Yeah. The original view of of Caesar was that he would, uh, he was a a farmer Mm -hmm. who would take the role of Caesar Mm -hmm. when the country needed it and then seed that role when it was done. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I like your um, approach to that because it's like each of mm-hmm. us leads our own life. Each mm-hmm. of us in in the moment of doing a task mm-hmm. or anything is is leading that ourselves uh, because we may we're all either in, in you know, we're interrelated mm-hmm. in that organization or team. So we have to lead, you know, in that capacity. So I really um, I share that approach also mm-hmm. too, and that mindset is empowering the individual, mm-hmm. you know. Too. Yeah, so absolutely. That's, that's and that will just help that whole organization anyway too right Right. it's not just when you become whatever so-called leadership role that you're Mm -hmm. uh, starting with that process you're developing that skill set all along the way right absolutely it reminds me even it starts as early as like study skills classes in high school (laughs) you know or or even earlier (laughs) sometimes too and like you're you're in charge of that yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, it, it starts with you know self management and yes. self regulation, yes. and then develops into you know how to how to extend that beyond yourself. That's yeah. very interesting. And then you mentioned about the the um, the rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that you did some work there, so I imagine that's a very in, um, useful skill, you know, to help uh, make you know recon. I guess reclaim control over one's life if it's chaotic and stuff. Absolutely, like that. yeah. I mean, yeah. a big part of uh, the problem with addiction uh, mm-hmm. is that it, you know, no one's immune. Yes. Uh, you know, it anyone can be afflicted by that disease specifically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the programs that I work with are typically professionals programs. So, yeah. you know, there are doctors, lawyers, accountants, things like that, yeah. uh, and you know those those people kind of really latch on to the message because they can see the immediate application. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've had a lot of um, traction kind of oh, in, the, in that good. field. Yeah. That's really good. And you use improv there as well, right? right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And it's funny, like you'd think like, okay, I have, a, I have you know, two lawyers and three doctors in a room. Mm-hmm. We're going to go, we're going to do some silly make them up yes. and then they're going to buy in and, and enjoy it. And more often than not, they do. It's kind of, oh, it's kind of okay. surprising. There's not a ton of like, you know, sometimes it's fun to just get up and do something a little different. Yeah. And kind of put yourself out there. And that's really, uh, you know, kind of a side um, learning objective of every single session is to put yourself out there and take a risk. Uh, That feeling of safety is really tough to develop. But in a matter of weeks, we're able to develop it in complete strangers. So imagine a team that's, yeah, yeah, worked together for a Mm -hmm. while. You know, sometimes uh, if they're not working together effectively, Mm -hmm. why hasn't that trust uh, or safety amongst each other been developed? And so that's kind of one of the added benefits of improv is that if you can, like, (laughs) think of it this way. Mm -hmm. Anything you do with me, you're you're never going to look that ridiculous ever again. So because you're letting your guard down, you're trying experimenting, trying a lot of things. You're trying or or a silly physicality. Yeah. And compared to that really silly physicality that you did, yeah. uh, You know, any idea you put forward in the group Mm -hmm. isn't going to be as silly. Important because sometimes we are scared to share ideas. That's exactly yeah. In groups, you know, I mean. Usually the the loudest voice or the person who's usually most assertive <laughs> mm-hmm. is the one that's heard. And then 
the other ones who may be quieter may be suppressing that. So you're helping them to come out of their mm-hmm. shell in that way, right. in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like to think I'm building facilitation skills as well. Yes. I think that's really what you're talking about is, yeah. okay, the loudest person has spoken repeatedly. We get mm-hmm. it. We hear you. Yes. Uh, who hasn't spoken yet? Yes. And that, it's really, you know, getting at that. But being mm-hmm. aware of the group process, right? Aware yes, of who's yes. who's speaking, mm-hmm. and if it's me, maybe I need to listen a little bit more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then um, you mentioned the lawyers and doctors, and I <laughs> I just saw a sign the other day, mal- medical mal- malpractice specialist. You know, for law. So hopefully they're not all the same. Room. Right. Or even if hopefully, they are, then maybe they could. You know, exercise some of that through their improv. Right. <laughs> They're learning from each other. Yes, learning that way. from each other. <laughs> Interesting. So then, and what, talk about your prof- you're a professor also, too, right? Yeah, so I teach yeah. psychology. I'm a lead instructor at National mm-hmm. Lewis University, mm-hmm. and I teach um, psychology, and I kind of run the general studies there, at least for the first um, couple of years. We have a new, okay. new program there. It's really designed to... Um, to close the achievement gap that we're seeing in um, particularly in minorities and low-income individuals mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah. Uh, so the school was traditionally known as like a transfer adult population, and we're really trying to, to bring in the, the students in Chicago who, uh, you know, the CPS maybe hasn't prepared them for college oh, or okay. perhaps that, you know, they didn't have a family member who had been to college before. So a lot mm-hmm. of first-generation college students and giving them an opportunity and, sh- you know, showing them that they can be successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so that's kind of what the program is aimed to do. And, yes. and we, we, you know, we get at that in a lot of different ways. So. You, you, and you mentioned a specific program that you <coughs> mm-hmm. have started is it re- this year or last year or that that was recently created? Right? Oh yeah, the, so program? yeah, so acceleration <laughs> is acceleration. Um, so a lot of times students coming from CPS or you know yeah. a- any school system, but you know yeah. we've seen a lot from CPS who uh, they don't quite have the college ready skills in mm-hmm. writing and math, and yeah. so we've implemented an acceleration kind of program uh, to kind of boost those skills in their Mm -hmm. first year. So we don't like the idea of remediation. We think acceleration. They have the skills, uh, some level of skills. So we're just kind of, you know, getting them up to where where they need to be for college. That's amazing. And actually being able to bring bring themselves up to speed, whatever Mm -hmm. that gap is so Mm -hmm. quickly is actually a good skill to have, you know, Mm -hmm. too. So um, and we're here like near all these um, in the incubator area mm-hmm. here nearby where there's uh, uh, accelerators right here mm-hmm. to bring up startups too so it's kind of like that similar approach right? yeah rapid, same concept they don't have the growth. yeah they don't have the same competencies that bigger organizations have so yeah. you give them a place like this to accelerate them yeah That's absolutely awesome. mm-hmm. so and do you teach what do you teach general studies and psychology and other things psychology and then a student success seminar okay. so that student success seminar is really you know, how to be successful in college, uh, how to, what are the non-cognitive skills that you need to learn? So apart okay. from the academic skills, what are the social skills? How do you advocate for yourself? Uh, how, you know, basic communication, professionalism, those kinds of things are, are the general courses that I teach. And then okay. I also teach a leadership um, course as well. So. So that uh, so people are from Chicago. The students are all around Chicago area. Yeah, right? primarily from the south and west side. Mm-hmm. So is you know I remember when I went to college that was pretty much my first time being away from home, mm-hmm. and then um, seeing people from all over. You know, and where I may have been more limited in mm-hmm. interacting with people from all over before, 
I was kind of forced to interact with everybody in college, and that <laughs> sure. was kind of a culture shock too. So, is there are there a lot of different people from all over? Um, yeah, you know, uh, primarily from the city. So it's a commuter okay. college. So a lot okay. of the, the students are right around uh, in the Chicago area. Some of them come from, you know, as far as, you know, 95th and beyond. Yes. Um, some of them are coming from, you know, almost Oak Park, you know, okay. uh, far mm-hmm. west side. Mm-hmm. So uh, and, you know, from the north side as well. And then yeah. in on our Wheeling campus, we also bring in students from as far as Waukegan. So. Very diverse um, population, like all over Chicago yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Great. So mm-hmm. I, um, I've been asking people about like what your, what their ideas mm-hmm. of the global mindset, mm-hmm. or globalization, or working with. Um, I, I think of it as um, operationalizing what we hear about diversity and inclusion. Okay. We, we have a lot of people together, but then how. How is our mind able to interact with somebody who's different than us, too, mm-hmm. either here in Chicago or, you know, even if you travel? But here, Chicago has so many different uh, countries, you know, mm-hmm. backgrounds here that I feel like we're can travel here as well, too, internationally. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it seems like different neighborhoods are, yeah. you, know, I, you know, somewhat isolated yes. to, to their, you know, specific Ethnicity, groups. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, my take on globalization and the global mindset, I think globalization I see is kind of a, a pro- just a product of kind of the openness of communication that has developed since the yeah. internet, really. I mean, yeah. it's hard, you know, once people are kind of exposed uh, to a global market, it's really hard mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, pull that back. And so that's going to, I think that's going to continue to to grow and develop. But yeah. the global mindset, I think, is is really interesting to think about mm-hmm. in terms of, I think of it as being open to other cultures and that's yeah. really kind of that openness and that's yes. one of, you know, the neo-PR, you know, the yeah. openness to experience. Oh, yes, for personality, right? Yeah, yeah. Personality oh, sorry, yeah, neo, yeah, neo-PR, yeah, the yeah. personality types. Yeah. Yeah, the big five. Yeah, yeah. The, and that's one of the, is that one of the dimensions mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. measured is openness? Openness to, to experience, yeah. but I think it kind of fits in there. I think yes. the idea of, yes. you know, uh, Man, it's so hard to pull yourself out of your own perspective yes, and, yeah. you know, the thoughts that you've had for your entire life to mm-hmm. say, hey, I may not be right. Yeah. Uh, or there may be another way of thinking about this. And yeah. neither of us is right. It's just based on our history and mm-hmm. our experiences. That's how we view it. Yeah, that's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably with your improv, you... Mm-hmm help people to exercise that and become more open? Sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when you're you're doing improv, uh, you never know. So when you're doing a scene with somebody, um, they're going to possibly make you something or someone um, just because that's how they initiated their scene. And you now have to take on that role. Oh, okay. And you have to try to think like that person. So it automatically kind of develops your your perspective. Okay, and then what you think that role should be and or mm-hmm. are you what that other people think that mm-hmm. should be yeah interesting that's mm-hmm. very interesting and then yeah and very in the moment not much yeah. time to think about it right <laughs> which you know a lot of times you can see some implicit bias mm-hmm. from that uh yeah. if someone is what you is know implicit bias again like just in case somebody <clears throat> yeah yeah so there's that. explicit and implicit bias so okay. if i you know if i call out uh, if I specifically say something or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, you can hear it, 
And what I'm saying, what's a better way to say that? So explicit bias would be more along the lines of um, I am overtly saying something that is either, you know, discriminatory, derogatory, things Mm -hmm. like that. Whereas implicit is uh, it's informing my thoughts, but I'm not necessarily saying it. Okay. Got it. Like through through decisions and actions and behavior, but you're not saying it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, like, you know, coffee, Mm -hmm. right? What type? Do you like coffee? Yes. yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> right. So then you're saying I like coffee, mm-hmm. but th- this is in regards to food and stuff uh, like yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm explicitly then- I'm explicitly saying I like coffee. Whereas um, if you ask me if I want, want, would you want a cup of coffee? I might say no. Uh, oh, you know that every day, and then I might uh, then suddenly get start to think maybe he doesn't drink coffee. Sure, maybe he avoids that for some <laughs> right, reason. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know? But I mean, in more you know, yeah, more yeah, in a more applicable way, yeah. I think it really looks at yeah. uh, discrimination. Yes, and kind of that that Im- implicit being uh, I. I have a feeling may arise when I so if I'm walking down the street and an African American gentleman is walking yeah. toward me, yeah. do I get nervous? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying, oh, yeah. look at that guy, Let, yeah. let's avoid him. Yeah. But inside, I have a feeling, and that that yes. comes from an implicit place. Thanks, thanks for bringing this up because mm-hmm. I just read an article or something, you know, mentioning about how or a video I think about how President Obama mentioned. I mean, this is after he was president, mm-hmm. so I think during or maybe during the time, so during one of the uh, police aggression against African-American youth. And he said that uh, President Obama said, you know what, that could be, you know, all of us, uh, peop- I can, he said he can relate to that could have been my son, if I had a son. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, I think he had mentioned about how, um, you know, many, many African-American youth um, have felt that when people move away, you know, when they're coming near, or they hear the um, car doors lock as they walk by. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, a, and then, of course, then, you know, they talk about the police, you know, stopping them more frequently too, mm-hmm. right? So that is something that was, you know, right now, I mean, President Obama is, a, is in a position of power to say something like that, but mm-hmm. as he's going through that, then that's something very real, you know, mm-hmm. and the effect it has on that individual too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so that's yeah. what I mean. That implicit bias is so important in terms of how we relate, you know, too. Well, I think it's also understanding that about yourself. Yeah. Right? So there's yeah. the idea. How we, yeah, how do we <laughs> grow beyond that, too? Yeah. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it, part of it is if... Uh, so. <laughs> I run into this a lot because I, I run into. You are, and you are our. I can. You are not uh, a minority, right? No, no, so no, no. I am extremely white. Yeah. I, I, I My <laughs> wife makes fun of me all the time because I can. I <laughs> don't tan. I just burn immediately. Um, I think actually my skin reflects the sun. I don't know if that was possible, oh, but it turns okay. out it, it actually is. Uh, no, I am. I am very. Uh, Caucasian, and I understand, yeah. and I think you know, kind of where where I think you were going with that is yes. the idea that I am very aware of that and yeah. aware of yes. what kind of privileges that has. That's what I wanted to right, mention. Right? Yeah. That you are not speaking from a, a like that you are a minority experiencing those, but you mm-hmm. understand the things that are happening. I, to to an extent, yeah. it's impossible for me to ever understand because I'm never going to be in their shoes. Oh, I'm never yeah. going to be. I, I will never likely never be the the Sorry, recipient yeah. of the kind of treatment or feelings that they have uh so i think uh that's very profound by the way okay. like that you yeah. that even that you would never even 
feel that, you know? Sure. To, to that extent. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's being aware yeah. of that. It's, so, yeah. you know, the it's hard because people, I, I run into a lot of white people who don't see themselves yeah. as more than white, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm not... I'm white, but I'm German, I'm Norwegian, I'm Irish, I'm Scottish. That's your heritage. That's my heritage. And understanding my heritage and understanding that, okay, uh, all white people aren't just the same group of white people. They have heritages as well. Once you begin to kind of investigate your own heritage and culture, you see the differences between oh okay now you're white but you're you're not german at all you're yes. e- you know you're eastern european and so or you're oh, russian wow. and yeah. so you know we're we might look quote unquote the same but we have different heritages and exactly. cultures and then yeah. once you understand that you can kind of start to look at other people's mm-hmm. cultures and value them and understand see them yes. as you know i mean to value i mean the background like the different area mm-hmm. that your your ancestors came where they came from too right, right. To understand that, so I've asked some uh, people that too in Chicago. When people ask me, you know, mm-hmm. where are you from, you know, and I, depending on, um, you know, what's going on, <laughs> basically, right. like I might add. So I was born in UK, mm-hmm. you know, and I mm-hmm. am from Chicago. This is where I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. in this area. And then my parents are from India. So I mean, it depends, you know, on on what I think the intention of that question may be or what information they may need after that. But um, I usually start with Chicago if they're, like, not from this area. Right. And then... You know, usually I get the question of, no, where are you really from? Right. You know, and, and that's the implicit bias. Yeah. That's the implicit yeah. bias. Yes. And it comes out explicitly, but it's an implicit bias because yeah. they wouldn't look at me and say, hey, where are you from? Are you really? And I, yeah. if I said Wisconsin, first of all, they're going to look at me and be like, of course you are. Yeah. But but they would look, you know, because I'm so white and that's yeah. what that's a yeah. trademark of Wisconsin. But yeah. they wouldn't say, no, where are you really from? They would stop there. They would stop yeah. there and be and understand like, OK, yep, that make that's yeah. that's the question I was going for. Yeah. But they don't necessarily you know but that and that's an implicit thing looking at us and seeing the difference of our skin yeah. tone and saying okay no yeah. but you, you yes. know what i'm really trying yeah. you know so yeah exactly so then when i ask that same person where are you from then they say like whatever city in, in america right. chicago or mm-hmm. some suburb and then i and then i say where are you really from and then mm-hmm. they say from here that's it you know <laughs> there's no other answer and then i do you know often press and say well where did your ancestors come from? Right. And some people are offended, mm-hmm. actually, when they ask the same question. And to others, so, that so then they like, should understand, hopefully, yeah. they would realize in that moment that you were offended as well, yeah. or at least had the right yeah, to be offended, right. if, even if you weren't. Um, yeah, I think that... There's a lot of things, even I may assume things, too, mm-hmm. when I see somebody. You know, I, I'm sure I do assume, like, where they're from. Like, if I saw you in India, for example... Mm-hmm. I may assume you're not really from there right, initially. Exactly. I would, I would be curious, like, mm-hmm. where are you from? You know. And, and I think yeah. that's a it's a natural human trait. Yeah. It's natural for yeah. you to notice differences. We're evolutionarily designed to yeah. notice differences. Heuristics mm-hmm. help us survive, yes. right? They and at yes. one, what was <laughs> this is a good rule for life. What once was adaptive before may not be adaptive now. Oh, okay. And and not only evolutionarily, oh, yeah, but also in our lives. Changing. So, yes. for example, going back to addiction, yeah. um, people might start drinking to deal with emotions in their adolescence. Now, oh, okay. R- so yes. that was adaptive for them at the time because it helped them deal with something probably very traumatic. Yes. And so mm-hmm. it, it was adaptive for them at the time, but is no longer adaptive with for them now. Okay. Right. So it happens okay. within our own lives. Mm-hmm. 
in addition to kind yeah. of you know evolutionarily as humans. Um, but I don't want to I don't want to derail yeah, us. I want to go. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's that's not derailing at all. That's okay. Right on, so that's like change, you know, too. Right. And change. How do we manage that in our own lives too? Mm-hmm. So the person we're evolving mm-hmm. and changing too. So I think that's what you're uh, kind mm-hmm. of referring to, right? That. Mm-hmm. So what we are going through at certain periods of our life, you know, we may have had the skills to deal with it differently later on, too. Right. Or hopefully. Right. Know? Or, um, you know, sometimes the there is a deficit of skills, and yes. that is what's causing us to do this unhealthy behavior yes. in this case. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of, you know, that applies to what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. It's It's not that you are willingly biased against someone or discriminating yes, against yes. someone it's 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 quite the opposite it's that you haven't taken stock of your own culture yeah. your own cultural heritage mm-hmm. so how can you possibly appreciate that of those around you yes exactly so i think yeah. there's a lot I, I this is a this is a pretty common conversation whenever yeah. i'm in I, you know in a in a group yes. that has multiple cultures involved yes. Yes. uh if if ever there is a conversation about kind of this white privilege Almost every white person is in denial of their white privilege. Really? In my experience. I'm oh, not yeah. saying everyone. No, no, I'm saying in my yeah, experience, there's yeah. a, more often than not people are in denial of that white privilege. I with you, it would be more open to sharing that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would like hope. Would yeah. <laughs> you would hope. Because, yeah. I, I just challenge people yeah. to to, yeah. to consider yeah. the fact that okay, I mean, let's talk. Yeah, yeah that privilege thing because we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. So I. You know, obviously, I'm a female, and I'm uh, mm-hmm. from Indian American heritage, so I'm not a majority in mm-hmm. this culture here. So appearance-wise, you know, a minority. So I, but I can understand like some, you know, some areas there could be privilege, and then mm-hmm. I have to be aware of that. And mm-hmm. so I try to, you know, but it does take, as you mentioned, it does take that extra. Um, what is that vigilance or kind of right. like really paying attention like and and being sensitive to that too so you know i grew up in a household you know my father is a physician so then um you know when when i was um growing up i never really thought about any problem of making an appointment <laughs> you know too much with a physician <laughs> right. or anything mm-hmm. it's it was pretty easy because you know just like in any profession, peers, you know, refer mm-hmm. to peers and they help. And, you know, we don't need to worry too much about the billing and all the <laughs> right. They'll do favors, I think. Mm-hmm. And so the similar thing, like, I, so I was aware, like, when, you know, anybody else were mentioning about the costs of healthcare, And I was listening and, like, you know, thinking, yeah, some things may need to change in the system here, you know, mm-hmm. and what, you know, what. I, I be empathetic, you know, and I, I'm not a physician, so I cannot like open my door <laughs> and then give them <laughs> access or something. But you know, being and I am also you know learning about other things in that area mm-hmm. that I think could help, you know. So just learning, being empathetic, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like this, it's like this collaborative effort. So we are all interdependent. So mm-hmm. you know that even there's a learning curve too. So even being empathetic, mm-hmm. like, so that person that asks me where are you really from? Like, rather than get angry <laughs> right away at that person, sure. like, I could maybe also take a time to say, what do you mean by that question? Like, where does that come from, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, is it, you? do you understand now, like, that people are all from different places here, and so you can update your learning and awareness, mm-hmm. too? Depends on that person's willingness to listen, too. But mm-hmm. I also can hold that responsibility a little bit, you know, to I, talk? To some extent, think? I feel as though, <laughs> um, I feel as though for too long, 
um, people who are you know in minority groups yeah. in in America have have bared that responsibility oh, okay. to educate. Yeah. And at some point, um, mm-hmm. people who are in the majority need yeah. to mm-hmm. take it upon. They need to t- share their their part of their, take yeah. their their part of the responsibility yeah. and start to learn for themselves. Start to educate themselves on yes. their own. bias on their Mm -hmm. own privilege and really you know i don't think i don't think racial i mean there's there's gonna there's always gonna be race in america um but to diminish the impact of that uh the only way we're ever gonna do that is if if white people start taking that responsibility and speaking up for for things like i think the you know the recent you know um charlottesville is a good example when there was outrage yeah. To that, right? So you've got outrage to the very extreme, uh, what what are we calling alt right, the Nazis, whoever was that was the, on a university those, campus, too, right? right? All so all those groups that were there, mm-hmm. there's outrage to that because it's yes. very clear that this is you know this is a bad thing. Yes. What what there needs to be just equal, there needs to be equal, not equal outrage because that was a very terrible incident and someone yeah. had to lose their life for yeah. us to have this conversation, which is yeah. terrible. Yes. But I think you know, kind of on a smaller level, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as an example, if I'm standing in line, yes. uh, right, and there's yeah, two, there's me and you know someone else standing in line and a, a person of color standing in line and they say hey and, in, and I know and I know that person was here first yes and the bank the teller or whoever yeah. you know the store clerk calls me up first um, probably yeah. because of yeah. my skin yes. right? right I need to I need to be the one standing up and saying no nope, she was here first and you have done that I remember you yeah yeah oh yeah that. yeah yeah that, that it, it happened just, to you it does uh, not a lot, yeah. um, but it, you know, I think it. Pro- I'm probably it probably I probably notice it more just because I'm more aware yeah. of it. I try yes. to be aware of it. Yeah. I think it. I think it's part of my responsibility as a as an American, but b mm-hmm. as a as a white person who understands yeah. his privilege and yeah. tries to. I mean, I, I I won the privilege lottery, right? I, ha- I yes. mean, yeah. but, but being both male and white. Yes. I have a yes. lot of opportunities yes. open to me that other people don't have. Because and, of the bi- implicit bias. Right. Right. That's well, but also, I mean, if you want to talk about, I mean, we could really dive into this and talk uh, about the systemic dis- discrimination and racism that goes on yeah. in America in yeah. every single system. The system itself was designed for me to succeed. It was not designed for you to succeed. Oh, okay. So that, I mean, that's just in, yeah. re- in reality, yeah. like to be blunt, yeah. that's, yeah. that's true yes. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, no, wait, can you mention it a little bit more? <laughs> or that's another, that's another uh, conversation. I think that's another conversation. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can maybe look at that i mean yeah we can talk later about that sure okay yeah that's interesting you know Mm um gosh and and so this implicit bias Mm -hmm. and then how we relate to each other Mm -hmm. that's so important and i feel in america we're lucky okay of course it's more complex because of all these as you mentioned it's very human nature Mm -hmm. to uh, maybe associate with those we feel more similar to ourselves because we may be feeling more understood so that group mentality, that in-group, out-group, the mm-hmm. social group. Um, so that that could be one reason. And then, but now globally, like if you look at internationally, this could be our competitive advantage in America if we work across those. Because which other country right. in the world 
would you have a you know whatever in terms of business for example a test case you know mm-hmm. you know that you can an audience that you can test it out before releasing it outside like inside your country mm-hmm. you know, yeah I think the, to learn. I, I, I like what you're saying I like the yeah. idea of turning what is currently you know uh, a sore spot for Americans into yeah. a competitive advantage, I think that would be great to leverage our our multicultural roots. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. maybe not roots, but our multicultural population yeah, to our advantage yeah. as yeah. opposed to seeing it as something that divides us. Yeah, so for example, like if, if you were, you know, planning to go um, on a trip to China, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps there's a whole population here in a neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if for sure everybody's in Chinatown, but there are organizations of mm-hmm. uh, associate Chinese American mm-hmm. associations that you can maybe go and visit and and then immerse a little bit in that and mm-hmm. then have an opportunity, you know, to learn about it here. I and. You know, that's that's lucky. You can say that about so many different countries. You know, sure. I mean, I think it's if that's the experience you're looking for, it's, they're not hard to find. Oh, yeah. You know, like if you... It's not hard to find, but it's a little intimidating sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is it because of our bias or because we don't... I, I don't know. Uh, initially, before I started doing, like, all this cultural psychology stuff, I, I may have been more intimidated going to another area, but then mm-hmm. now I'm so much more curious that I, mm-hmm. like... You know, just go and then notice, like it, just like any place, like mm-hmm. people may be friendly or people may not be. You know, right? And yeah. but like so, for my master's program, I, I went to Cardinal Stretch University, and part of the reason I chose that university is because they had a focus on multiculturalism in every single class. Okay. So the multicultural perspective was kind of baked in. Yeah. And one of the one of our final projects that we had to do was to. Um, experience a different, immerse ourselves in another culture, however that would be. So I went to um, a Hispanic mass. So a mass where Spanish was the only thing spoken. And then you kind of experience this idea of I'm the only, you know, Caucasian person in the room, in a room full of people who, you know, some of them speak English, some of them speak Spanish, all Mm -hmm. of them speak Spanish. I speak very little Spanish. And so it was, you know, but it was interesting to see. I speak a little bit of Spanish. Um, But, you know, it was interesting to kind of see how accepting they were. Were. Oh, okay. And so part That's of me nice. wonders if, you know, if a Hispanic person were in an all-white mass, yes. if it would be the same way, right? right. But, I, but the I idea wonder, is having yeah. that experience, like, it's it's not hard to find. They're out there. It's very, I mean... Right. They're all, uh, they're all over here. Right. right. And, and, I mean, you can, like you mentioned, Hispanic... I and in the, the Indian, you know, mm-hmm. Devon Avenue is where a lot of Indian sure. restaurants and shops are, mm-hmm. and you know, any pretty much any given day, you'll find people wearing mm-hmm. the clothes from you know the area, and also a lot of people mm-hmm. from India, sure. Indian origin that want to get their groceries there, so you right. can be very immersed. <laughs> you won't find too many people like you mentioned a Hispanic population. There, mm-hmm. You can really pick your experiences and then sure. go and have them, oh, yeah, or experience more than one. I think what's yeah. important is that. You know, you're. Not, you're I, I feel people are very uh, unlikely to to take advantage of those opportunities unless they're motivated to understand different cultures yeah. and and have a right. multicultural perspective. So, what would motivate people? It has to be intrinsic. There's, I mean, you're okay. not going to extrinsically motivate people to do that. It has to be something that they want, and it has to, they, it has to be, yeah, of, yeah, some internal, some internal benefit. Mm-hmm. So my, by the way, so my research, I thought of it that way too, is on uh, exposure to foreign culture and impact on creativity. Mm-hmm. So as we hear so much about innovation, you know, sure. especially with the changing economy and how important that was, and this was kind of a natural way for people to enhance their creativity, is that 
um, exposure to other cultures. And mm-hmm. you need not go outside the country. You can go in your mm-hmm. city. You can, you know, also do it through TV channels. Mm-hmm. Like you can, as you mentioned, Hispanic. There are a lot of different channels too. Right. Online, internet. Sure. You can go right. It's different when you when. You're in there in the presence of other it's, people. It's though. more it's more of a immersion if you're actually mo- interacting. With there's people. more risk. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's a little risk. safer watching from your computer. I think to actually feel some of the the idea is, in in my opinion, the the uh, one of the things they were trying one of the insights they wanted us to have in my um, you know immersion project was mm-hmm. to understand what it felt like to be an outsider. Right. So to understand yes. that perspective, to oh, feel wow. a little yes. bit yeah. uh, of, of what that discrimination felt like when you walk into a room and everyone knows you're different because they see it. Wow. How did that feel, by the way? Uh, it, it was it was kind of, it was at the point I was at. It was at the end of that program. I felt like it was a great experience yes. um, because I went there trying to trying to get involved and trying to, to be mm-hmm. with those people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the idea is that, you know, I, like it still felt like, wow, I definitely stick out and they definitely notice me here. Oh, but then mm-hmm. you were able to slip out of that. After the experience was done. Exactly. Right. I, you know, I I went home and Mm -hmm. I was no longer in that community and I was able to not, Mm -hmm. you know, basically go back to a a familiar, you know, a familiar um, group of people. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you know, other people don't have that opportunity. People of color don't have the opportunity. It's like, oh, I'm going to go back to, you know, to being right. Even if I go back to India, so I didn't even grow up there, but even if I go back to India, mm-hmm. I'm not viewed as Indian. Mm-hmm. I'm viewed as, you know, some American okay. <laughs> and somebody that, maybe it depends on the people, but mm-hmm. usually, you know, uh, somebody that uh, they could benefit from, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. they want to benefit from Americans, mostly when people sure. are going to a lesser developed mm-hmm. nation or, you know, anyway. Yeah. You're, you're seen as an outsider. Right. You know, there. Right. And then, so I guess it's that out-group, in-group, like yes. I, you know, I, I being, a, you know, um, in the majority, mm-hmm. I could go back to being in the majority, where yes. as someone who, like, I, I'll never understand the perspective of not being able to go back to the majority. And if you were I guess to that's to, what I was going yes, for. Yes, and if you were mm-hmm. to go to India, mm-hmm. then you would, you know, you will be a minority, but I don't think you will have a discrimination in that minority. You may actually experience even better treatment, Sure. you know, um, than the average person, you know, because of, you know, that complexity with British, you know, right. things like that, too. So, and also because I think this privilege, you know, that you alluded to mm-hmm. extends, you know, beyond America, too. Sure. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. It's, like diff- it's just the way the world perspective is. Mm-hmm. So, I had, um, I can't remember, I had another thought that came to my mind as you were um, talking. Oh, yeah, what, so why is it important? Like, I mean, as why why should somebody like you care? Like, why is it important that other people feel comfortable? Why is it important to be fair? You know, That's what does it matter? I mean, great right? question. <laughs> uh, I I think everyone's gonna have a different answer for that. Yeah. My um, my answer is kind of rooted in my personality. Of yeah. I, you know, I <laughs> I'm a very social person. And I yeah. I feel like yeah. if I want to understand other people's perspective because it helps me understand them better. Yeah. And I'm I really. I really want to either understand people or help people or both if possible. Yeah. And if I, you know, how it sounds so generic, like, oh, I want to help people. Um, but in reality, like, I think I'm a natural facilitator. And yes, so I always yeah. look at things from mm-hmm. other perspectives. Yeah. And I think that 
there has been a ton of injustice done mm-hmm. um, to people of color from yes. Caucasian people in, yes. in America. Yeah. And I, I think my desire to not participate in that and that system that we were talking about yes. is really what drives me. Uh, okay, I, being part of the change in the positive direction. Yeah. So, and using yeah. your... Um, privilege or, you mm-hmm. know, perceived privilege for other people that mm-hmm. you will use that for this positive change. So right. you are like who you are, you sure. know, and then you're using that. My, and my thought is um, white people who are resistant to this idea of privilege aren't going to be able to hear it from people of color. They're not going to listen. They're not going to hear it. Yeah, they'll hear it from you. Mm -hmm. But from from someone who looks like them, they will say like, oh, wait, okay, hold on. Let me... Let me listen. Yes. Uh, and even then, they're not going to listen. That's what they're, they're saying. They're though. resistant to listening, yeah. I should say. They may label you as somebody too far left or something. It's possible. Um, <laughs> not you, but I mean just somebody yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a hundred different yeah. reasons they could ignore me. Um, but I think that enough, you know, uh, more and more Caucasian white people need to come out and start speaking about this because I think it's really important. It's so interesting. Like, I saw a shift occur this year as we saw the elections, you know, and mm-hmm. so much of this type of undercurrent, mm-hmm. you know, of, of conversation about race, you know, mm-hmm. that came in here and um, how many people who lost their jobs with these, with the manufacturing jobs mm-hmm. here that were exported and then they lost their jobs so they were blaming, I don't know who, minorities or who, some anybody, you know, right. that, but they felt... They're, they felt like the victims. There were many white males, right? Sure. And then they felt like the victims. So then um, there was kind of, from that particular group, there was a kind of a backlash against minorities more. And, you know, right. in, in their actions and what we're seeing in Char- Charlottesville, too. Mm-hmm. And so then I saw people were then more mo- um, more appreciating the other people, you know, who do mm-hmm. not share that. Some people that are of your mindset that we're more of just valuing, wait a minute, the diversity, and we do want people to still feel welcome here. Mm -hmm. And they were protesting against the um, ban on immigration that happened, uh, I think, a couple months into the presidency. Mm -hmm. So people were protesting that, the Muslim ban. So even if they were not into that before, when it's threatened, Mm -hmm. then maybe it it really brings that, what are your beliefs? Mm -hmm. What are your implicit beliefs? If it's then... You know, and then people are making that choice of like, mm-hmm. we, we actually value this diversity. We want people to feel more welcome. And I started seeing cartoons on Facebook where, you know, they were even advising this is what to do when you see somebody being harassed on a train, you mm-hmm. know. And they had a picture of a lady wearing a burqa and how, how to deal with that so that you're also safe as well, too. Right, so. right. Mm-hmm. I also want to kind of point out that, like, while I... F- <laughs> I feel like I've been advocating for social justice, and that's what I'm hoping comes across. But what yeah. I don't want to come across is that people of color need white people to come save them, because I don't think that's true either. Yeah. I think that it's just, you know, white people need to talk to other white people yeah. to, to get everyone, to try to get as many people on board as possible. Yeah. Um, because on the issue of race and its detrimental effects on American society, the most important voice in that conversation are the voices of people of color. Yes, and yeah. and I think that that's really hard for white people to understand as well. Is that your your voice may not be the most important 
in in that conversation. And so um, while you know I'm doing I'm trying to do my part mm-hmm. for what it is, yes. I don't I don't think that I'm by any means going to be solving any issues, but I think that it's it's important for white people themselves to discuss the importance of understanding different perspectives and in, in different cultures. So that's I mean, do you do that in workshops or how do you do that? Like because that takes a lot of that's like that's like going to the gym and exercising a new muscle almost like <laughs> yeah that is like yeah. and you need you need that support and coaching and then consistency I, too I don't know if like I don't know if people are gonna I don't know if people are gonna sign up for a class <laughs> okay. for that you know I, yeah. but I think it's uh, calling it out when you see it okay uh, and aligning yourselves with people of color to mm-hmm. to advocate with them. Yeah. Um, not for them because they are perfectly capable of advocating for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, I think that, yeah, that sums it up. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And okay. I think that's a 